I'm going to put this disclaimer in the episode. Um, the whole, you know, we're going to talk about spoilers all the way through. We're going to allude to the show and everything else. But what we just went through with Kaylee is if you really what that whole summary is best for is if you haven't seen the show and don't intend to necessarily sit down and watch it. You maybe you don't want to spend seven hours watching it, but you do have a little over an hour in a long car ride. And Yaley just told you the whole thing. So all of this now is going to make a lot more sense. But this is what I was really excited about uh, getting into is really about just religion and spirituality, what it means to all three of what both of those things mean to all three of us, and also how that show alone impacted all of us. I, I, I know it impacted you, Kaylee. You've got a lot that you want to tell us about. It definitely impacted um, me pretty immediately and by extension, Tara. Mm-hmm. And you can share um, whatever you have on your mind as well. So let's let's get into that. Let's let's get in with you guys because I've been talking way too much. I, I do horse. apologize for the scattered uh, note-taking that I had, but... I did my best to get through the whole thing. No, it, it's no it's good, man. It 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 really was. Like I said, it, it was a seventh of the time of watching the show. So and, yeah, yeah and that's true. Anybody who hasn't seen it now has a baseline. So, um, I and and I do want to get out this disclaimer. Uh, Tara and I were drinking wine the entire time. So, yeah, we're on glass too. Yeah. So this is our third technical. Oh no, no, no. These are that's more drink. than glass too because you were pouring these real heavy. So. Oh yeah, they're they're deep. Yeah. It, so it, you guys are feeling good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So if, if uh, I sound silly or whatever, that's that's why. But um. Yeah, I'm. I've ha- I woke up this morning with a sore throat, so just talking this long has made my voice all poopy. Yeah. It, no, you, you sound fine. Actually, the good news is, but um, so I would say. Uh, I, I guess I'll just start right off the top of my head with one of the things that I was thinking about. Um, selfishly, uh, one, of, one of the worst things that happened to me personally in COVID was actually having mass taken away from me. And like I said, I'm prefacing that with selfishly. Um, I started going, I started attending, I, I went several times. I actually was baptized Catholic. Uh, then I went to a Protestant, specifically Methodist church, uh, most of my young life with my mom. And um, whenever I moved in with my dad, my dad never once in my life ever tried to convince me or tell me or I should do this or I should do that. All he ever did, because my dad is is a very devout uh, cradle Catholic and practicing all his life and follows all the rules, all that good stuff. All he ever did with me was answer questions. If I was ever curious, like, why do you do this? Why do you do that? What's mass like? He would answer them and and say, if you want to go, you know, come with us, whatever. And, and I would periodically go with my dad and Rita. But um, I finally decided there were certain things. I, I've, this is going to sound really cliche. I had a pulling. I, I almost felt like a calling toward Catholicism because I wasn't getting what I was looking for out of my faith at the time. Or I should say my religion. That's important. And, um, so I, I started going to mass my senior year of college. So this would have been, it was the fall of my senior year. So, um, 2012, late 2012, I did not miss a single weekly mass, not one up until March, 2020, whenever they had to shut everything down. I didn't miss one. 
And that was, that it was just something that was super impressive. It's insane. I, I'll be, yeah. I'll toot my own horn. I don't know anybody Is who can eight, say that. Eight years. It, I think it was like seven and seven and a half. So that was a really important thing to me. And one of the reasons is because I lack discipline and I need structure in life for things that are important to me. So Catholicism, <laughs> they've got plenty of that for you. So, yeah. um, that really sucked. And I did the virtual thing for a while and like, I did it purely out of obligation in a weird way, like not not because I wanted to, the way that I normally attended mass in person. And I would do it at weird times of the day. Sometimes I would literally wait till 10 p.m. on Sunday night. We like, would do it at like 11 yeah, and o'clock I, on Sunday I would, night. I and we would bleed into Monday morning at like 1230. Like, oh, no, I want to go to sleep. You know, and it, it was honestly, it was stupid because I'll be the first to admit to you, I get nothing out of it virtually and... It doesn't make any yep. sense to me. To me, it defeats the entire purpose. So that was something that that was a side effect, a weird side effect for me for COVID that had a, a very negative effect on my 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 practice of my faith, not my spirituality, but like the practice of my religion. And mm. this show depicted Catholicism so well, not well in this, you know, it's it's weird. It turned out to be a vampire a show about vampires, but like all of the the shit that makes Catholicism, frankly, so strange and culty and unique to a lot of other people who aren't Catholics, they did such a good job of that in a in a large piece of mainstream media that I was like comforted by it. I, it was familiar to me. I missed it. We went to mass. I the was next so weekend. impressed. Yeah, I was like. When, when Bev was like, oh, you didn't wear the right ones. And he was like, I know. You didn't, ha- you didn't have Nothing the right color chasuble this then, week. And then he like, he circled back later in the, in the show. And he was like, it was a celebration of sorts or whatever. And I was like, yeah. listen, yeah. listen and, to this guy. And it was just really cool, especially because um, we were watching it with James, as, as I mentioned earlier. And um, he was brought up Baptist. And uh, he wasn't even sure that it was Catholic uh, per se. He thought maybe it was some specific part of Protestantism or, or maybe like, um, what's the ones that are super similar? Episcopalian are are like cousins of Catholicism. I'm, I'm I, I think have, I have. I that literally right. have no idea. There's about one that's any extremely similar, and um, I was like, no, dude, this is this is straight like Roman Catholicism by the book, everything, oh, and yeah. like even even when they're doing the Easter vigil and they're like walking with candles in the street singing, and mm-hmm. it looks re- yeah. again looks culty and weird. I'm like, I've done that shit before, you know. So. Yep. Yeah. That was that was the most immediate effect that the show had on me, which was ironic because I remember when we had our post wrap up at the end of the show, when the three of us were discussing uh, discussing. I was like, well, uh, I would bet you anything. The creator of this show is an atheist. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a oh, critical yeah. way, but I looked it up and sure enough, it was. And I was like, this is probably the exact opposite of what he wanted out of out of this piece. Oh, but you could see it in the themes. No, it's, you, it's you, a it's a. It's a satire, really, of of Catholicism in a way, and, and you know Christianity for sure. More more specifically, Christianity. I would say the reason that he chose Catholicism is because of the cultiness of it. Yeah, because it ties mm-hmm. in with a lot of the other themes that he was going for. Like imagine imagine filming that with like, not to poop on Meth- Methodist, but like imagine doing that like with a with a Methodist church. It wouldn't make any sense because they they don't take communion every single Sunday. They take communion like. I, I don't know what the the 
no, transubstantiation. Like when I no, went to church, no, they did not it like transubstantiation. Once every, like, couple months. It, it, exactly. It, it always seemed random to me. Exactly. Growing yeah. Up. yeah. So like I yeah. remember like whenever I went to my dad because my dad was raised Methodist, and whenever we would go to that church, that was the only church in his town, so everyone was Methodist. And I remember going there. I was like, no communion. Like what? What are you doing? What's going on here? Like what, we were just coming and sitting and talking. Smack. Yeah, I was like, "What's what's going on? We're just talking. This is a Bible study. Like, where where where's where's the rest of it? Like, where's the weird? Where's the weird like, ancient culty? Yeah, right? yeah. Like, where's the weird castle-y shit that's going on? So, and that's what I I I was thinking. Like, imagine trying to film this with like example Methodist. You don't have that culty. Here's the body. Here's the blood. Like, here's the pouring the blood in the chalice every single day, every Sunday. Like, it's a huge thing. Well, yeah, and so I actually, and this is going to sound really stupid. Maybe other people picked up on it way faster. I personally thought I did a pretty good job. It might not sound that way if you didn't uh, watch the show, but you listened to Yaley's narration of everything. I definitely figured out the vampire aspect right whenever... Um, Riley was being poofed into dust. And and again, that might sound really stupid and obvious at that point, but it's it's like any other well-written show that is deliberately obfuscated with various plot things and you know them constantly referring to it as an angel and, and everything else like they it's a red herring. They try and lead you away from the fact that this is it winds up being a a closet vampire series, which was really cool. But yeah, I my... loved how they were able to like seamlessly mesh these two different, like totally polarizing topics. Yes. And, you know, and, you know Catholicism, well, demons... for lack of a better term, being like, you know, the pinnacle of good. Yeah. And, you know, vampires. Evil, being undead, <laughs> yeah. wacky, necromancy shit. Yeah. But like. Yeah. And they brought it together like beautifully on the satire i, you know, I love that stuff too i love vampire lore werewolves I, i'm all about that stuff yeah so that's it, what sucked me in right away and i i did pick up on it earlier than you alex but maybe you're you say it, it solidified it so certainly with that that happened but there were a lot of other telltale signs oh definitely that i picked up 100 percent. So. but yeah. I, I all at the same time is not only understanding the fact that they were actually vampires. I feel like uh, Mike Flanagan, but I have to follow up on this too, Terry. You said the reason that he chose it. I, I think he, he grew up Catholic. He was raised Catholic. And I think, I, God, there's so much to talk about. I think oh, yeah. a lot of, of cradle Catholics with good reason have an ax to grind. So we'll get into oh, yeah. that later. Somebody remind me about that later. But I think, I think of, a, a low-hanging fruit against the calls. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a low, low-hanging fruit, and I hate that expression. It's one piece of bullshit white-collar office jargon. I, I do use way of satirizing and sort of poking fun at Christianity is saying you guys talk about eating flesh and drinking blood. That is insane. So it's it's natural to turn that on its head and be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this like vampire thing. And I remember whenever I also realized that it was a, you know, the whole thing was a vampire series and they were vampires. I even took it a step further in my head. And this is not, you know, part of the, the actual show or revealed. It's just a hypothesis, but I feel like Mike Flanagan's 
version of Christianity is saying vampires are real and Jesus Christ was the original vampire. And like this whole story of Christianity was made up to go along with this narrative and like explain it all away. Oh, basically to hide the fact like, oh my God, vampires are real. You know what I mean? Or or something like that. But my wow, whole thing dude. was like, Jesus Christ. You're blowing Christ my was... fucking mind right yeah, now, dude. Right? You're you blowing look... my mind. I didn't when even think watch... about any of this. Yeah. Yeah, when you watch and you and you remember back to when uh demented uh Pruitt is in the desert, like wandering around, he like stumbles into like a tomb. You know, so so yeah, Jesus I think was he like, says it's even like an old church. Yeah. 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 The whole thing. It, it was very if Alex's take on Jesus being a vamp, the OG. I was like, Jesus. Dude, is, I, yeah. That is your first connection with like Catholicism, like drinking the blood, eating flesh. Like I never even thought about that. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like I that, mean, that. That is most likely the basis of this whole thing. I never even thought about it. I'm a very yeah. self-aware Catholic. That's really easy to make fun of. And, and I get it. Like, that's fine. Yeah, no, I even <laughs> have that written down in, like, the second episode. I was like, please talk to Alex about Catholicism and their interpretation of taking the sacrament, like, communion overall. Like, because my understanding is, like, not all Christians believe this, but Catholics, I believe, believe that when you take communion, that actually becomes blood and flesh yes. of Jesus Christ and, within and, you. And that million-dollar word to teach listeners is, and, and I might have mentioned this before on the yes. podcast, it's transubstantiation. And what that means is Catholics acknowledge that, you know, a Catholic priest would say, okay, you can take a communion wafer uh, at the beginning of Mass, and then you can take it to one at the end of Mass after uh, we've gone through this sacred rite and you can put it under a microscope and you can analyze it and it's not going to be flesh. We acknowledge that. But in substance, it has been transformed. It is literally the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So, and that is one of the absolute, it, I think that is the main schism and most important difference between uh, Catholics and, and all uh, Protestant denominations of Christianity is for Protestants, it is symbolic because in the Bible, whenever he said, T take this and, and eat of it and, and take this and drink of this is the blood shed for you, they interpret that as symbolic and Catholics interpret it as very literally. And and in fact, same thing goes for confession. You um, We were talking about that briefly earlier. Um, it, the confession's basis for Catholics is uh, rooted in uh, John. Uh, I actually, let me bring it up. It's John chapter 20, verses 21 through 23, where he says, uh, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So that, that actual, I do love whenever somebody says, oh, like, where is this in the Bible? It's like, well, nobody knows anything frankly, because you can't prove anything about religion or faith, but that is the basis for confession. Whereas um, Protestants believe in sola fide, which means only faith, meaning all you need to be saved is, is faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Whereas uh, Catholics also not only say that, that obviously that's a, that's a primary component, but you also have to do acts as well. 
including confession. So it's basically like walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. And that's why I always say um, it. if you are a strict Methodist versus a strict Catholic, it's it's harder to be a Catholic. There, there are literally more rules. Yeah. It's stricter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean it's better or worse. It's just you have to jump through more hoops. Oh, yeah. I can, yeah. in like another theme too, like I, I think I got off like a, on a diatribe talking about like how I knew that the creator was an atheist, but you can clearly see it in the, uh, the scene in episode six where it's like the bloody shit mess in the church and like kids are covered in blood and dead and in like everyone's half the people took the poison, half the people didn't. So the people that took the poison are waking up and they're killing the, the half that are hesitating. And so that the whole thing is a horrible traumatic experience. And like, that's a clear, uh, metaphor for how it just tears apart your family or, or how it, it just can. Tear, it, it can tear apart not, your family. If like you have poor communication or, you know, someone doesn't want to be a part of it or, you know, what have you. And like, to your point too, like the whole, you know, Jesus Christ thing, like I can remember, um, back when I was a good little Catholic schoolgirl, like I was so innocent with all of it. Like I was like all, all into it and stuff. And I can remember like, I, can, I think my mom picked me up the one day and, um, I was delivering like some kind of little presentation in, in school, like third or fourth grade or something. And I was telling my mom how all these kids laughed at me and this is in Catholic school. So all the, all these kids are Catholics as well. So I delivered my presentation. All these kids laughed at me and I was telling my mom about this. And my mom being my mom and whatnot, she was just so fired up. She was like, Oh, I would have told them all like in her head. She's like, Oh, I can't believe like, you know, she's all mad and shit. And she was like, you know, biting her tongue. She's like, well, honey, what did you do? Like, what did you say? And I was like, I, prayed for them because I was told that you should see the face of Jesus Christ in every single person you see. And like, that's just the most, imagine a child saying that to you. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just the most innocent, pure hearted thing ever. And now I'm this cynical, horrible person. Yeah, it's because you grew up and saw the world. I grew up and saw the world and And experienced life. Yep. Yep. Like I said, kids are the most impressionable. I remember like being subjected to that, like just wanting to please my parents and everything at a young age. Like that was my introduction to religion. Like I was obviously raised in that type of household, attended church and everything like that. And like before I, I could even like comprehend had like the brain development to really understand like who, who I am. Like, you know, my, I won't say it was like forced upon me, but it's certainly like, I really didn't have any other options. Um, but you know, I'm like six years old and I'm like, oh yeah, I confess or confess all my sin and proclaim Jesus Christ to be my Lord and savior. Oh, I'm a Christian now. I'm fucking six. Yeah, dude. I, that is something, uh, I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I mean, there, if and when Tara and I ever have kids, we've talked about this a lot. Like, they're not going to be Catholics because we want them to be, which no. that's a yeah. big no no in the Catholic Church. I'll tell you right now that that is, yeah, that is literally a requirement of the sacrament of marriage. Yep. Um, we had to promise 
we basically had to like do like a swear to God yeah. that yeah, we will raise which, our children okay. in the Catholic yeah. faith. And we, Alex and I are like, under the table. No, 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 this is exactly why that Catholicism is a prime target for criticism. What sounds more culty than that? Yeah, when I when I we're took going that to oath, indoctrinate your unborn child. When, when I took that oath, I did it with the right intent in my heart, in the sense that I'm going to do it the same way my dad did it, yeah. because he it never pushed or forced anything on me. Now, granted, they they had me baptized um, as a child. Like I I actually see no harm in that because you're already mindless and you don't even know what's going on anyway. So it's like if it makes them happy, great. But I think it's important that uh, let's say like later on in life that you, if you wanted to be baptized as an adult, that's beautiful, you know, go for it. But when it comes to, f- to matters of um, religion, especially versus faith, and I'm sure we're going to get into that and, and spirituality, the Catholic church does everything complete. It's like bananas. I mean, yep. you, you can't be explaining something that is already incomprehensible and unprovable to kids when, to put it as you did, uh, Yaley, when they're at their most impressionable. It's, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I love the journey that life took me to becoming a Catholic. And as a result, yeah. I'm going to be a lifelong, happy, well-adjusted, self-chosen Catholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. As no, opposed I mean, to, like I said, a that, lot of Catholics have an axe to grind because they were forced into it. And they not only do most Catholics, Catholics I know grow up and they they are at best not practicing, a lot of them literally became atheists. And it makes me wonder if if that if that's why it happened. I think about no, that. No, I mean, that's so close to my story. Um like with with spirituality and religion. Um, you know, like I said, it, it was like half forced on me. Like that's all that was there. We were forced and required to go to church every Sunday, forced to attend youth group and Uh, youth group. Yeah. And I had so many great experiences from that. Like I've still have friends from just youth group. That's like just my church. Like I still have lifelong friends that I, you know, I'm my huge interest in music sparked from youth group playing music sparked from people I met in youth group. Like it's a huge part of me. Um, but like you were saying, I think like I'm kind of one of those people that have an ax to grind where I'm not an atheist. I, I consider myself to be agnostic, um, which I could be even wrong about that, but I definitely believe in a higher power. And I believe that, you know, we have somewhat of a connection to that higher power, but it can't be fully understood. I don't think, I don't think human beings are capable of understanding the supernatural. And then we wouldn't be humans if we were mm-hmm. capable like of that. doing it. Um, and, you know, I don't think I, I'm not going to sit there and say like one religion's right or wrong. I don't like, it's hard to say. I don't want to, well, I really don't care if I offend anybody, but no, that's not my freely. intention. I don't either. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's not my intention. It's just like pretty much all organized religion, whatever it is. You know, obviously I was raised with Christianity, so that's what I know most of. And I know very little about various others. But my, as I grew older, because of, you know, just 
story beats in everyone's life growing up seeing life experience life like you were saying Tara like you experienced life and became the person who you are same thing happened with me and even things within the church like made me uh just get a really bad taste um for like the the religion that we were practicing at the time um, I, I'll make this a quick story, but with the youth group and everything, we had this really awesome youth pastor. He was really, really great and everybody loved him and youth group was a lot of fun. That's when we had like, that's when I had the most fun at youth group and you know, it wasn't just, you know, a party time. Like we actually did religious stuff. Um, but they sent a letter home to everybody that had a kid in youth group and they said that the youth pastor was resigning. And moving back to Canada because that's where he was from. Um, so the next week, when it was his last week to be with us, he basically told us all. He was like, "Hey, just so you know, like we really didn't want to go back to Canada. This is kind of like our hands are tied here, and like we we didn't really want to do this, but this is the decision that was made." So we later found out that the church had lied to us, lied to anybody who had anyone in youth group. They fired him because he was a terrible organizer, which he was, <laughs> but, um, he, I, I thought he was a great like youth pastor. I thought, you know, he, there, the stuff that he said, you know, again, that was on a younger, younger ears, but I thought he did a great job of like presenting it in a way that was, um, an acceptable way for someone. Um, because, you know, there's so many different ways to present it. And I think a lot of Christianity is fear-based. And a lot of religions are, not just Christianity. But that pushed me away from religion. Like, that thing in particular was a pivotal moment for me where I was like, you know, I was raised with all the Christian ideology. And, you know, like, one of those things is you don't lie, don't lie, lying's bad. But then we had the church sitting there lying directly to mm -hmm. the congregation. Yeah. And I was like, this is totally fucked. Thou shalt not and, lie. Well, it's yeah. one of the commandments. I, Thou I, shalt not lie. There, I, I wish I could, maybe I can look up the scripture while um, Yaley's talking, but there's a, a, a very wise man once told me that the most, uh, the most important form of emphasis is repetition. And there's a piece of scripture where it talks about seven things that God hates. And it uses the word hate. And twice lying is mentioned. It's the only one that's that's duplicated. So it's funny that you wow. should bring that up because I I, yeah. I agree with you. So and, from that point on, oh, go ahead, Tara. No, no, no. Go 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 ahead and finish because mine was a tangent off of you. Oh no, I mean just from that point on, I grew further and further away from religion. I didn't trust anybody in religion because they had broken that trust. And I'm like, if I can't trust these people that are supposed to be, you know, like the the most righteous of you know what whatever we have to go off here like who how can i take anything that you say with any certainty at all yep. and i know a lot of this is faith-based and i you know i've explored that and i've developed my own spirituality through that um there's a lot of uh big beefs that i have with the christian faith overall um and there may be varying interpretations on denominations, but I'll just list two that really get to me. Number one, and this was mentioned in the show, actually, of, of Midnight Mass, 
when he's talking about being part of God's army, God's, you know, God does not have any borders or flags. Um, you know, he's a God for the world. But in the Bible, it says, like, if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're going to hell. Okay, well, what about, you know, people who have never heard of Jesus Christ? I, I've, I've freaked out about this whole, whole my whole life, Yaley. I, I really yeah. have. And and no one can answer. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's like if a baby dies or something like that, like, you know, they're just automatically sent to heaven. And I'm like, okay, well, that kind of seems like bullshit. Well, let, let's just take it. Let's yeah. just take it a step, an, an obvious step further. This is the obvious example that I use all the time. You have a devout Muslim who grows up somewhere in the Middle East where that's where Islam is prominent and he lives a good life. He's a good, he, or he or she, he's good to his fellow man. He lives a, a, a life, you know, he's, he's pious in, in the practice of his faith. He leaves the world in a better place than he came in. He had a yep. positive impact on people. He treated people well, everything else. You mean to tell me he goes to hell? Like that, yeah, that literally exactly. doesn't make any sense because he it just put doesn't his make faith sense in the God that was presented to him because he was born in, uh, Pakistan and was raised by Muslim parents and that's all he knew. And he lived there all his life and he was a great Muslim and then he died and then he goes to hell because he's not a Christian. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't I believe hate that. using, I hate using the, the term like product of environment because it typically, I don't like that, but in this scenario, like you are absolutely a product of like whatever resources are available to you. Oh yeah. So I agree. Like what? Yeah. Like someone like that's going to go to hell. Yeah. It, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. And and that's why I think um, maybe the next part of our conversation can be about um, religion versus uh, faith and, and, uh, and spirituality. But real quick before Tara, you jump in here. The uh, that scripture I was talking about, I think you'll like this. Actually, Yaley, you'll love this. This is literally oh this is the King James version. Um, Pro- Proverbs six, uh, verses sixteen through nineteen. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination <laughs> unto him. It literally says six and then seven. A proud look, a lying tongue. That's one, and hands that shed innocent blood, and and heart that. Hmm, Deviseth, let me see. Devi- Devi- oh, deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, and a false witness that speaketh. I think it's the last. This this, like this website is bullshit. It's, need- it's it's a terrible what? website. Here we go. A fault wit a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. But the point Sarah, is, did you say perjury? N- not perjury specifically, but. Out of those seven things, two of them are lying. And I just, yeah. that, that has always, that's stuck with me for a long time. And I, I always sort of think twice before I, I'm like, mm, maybe I shouldn't lie about this. Because it's pretty clear that um, the that's God bad. that I believe in does not like this at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, anyway. On your topic of going from religion to spirituality, um, being raised a cradle, a cradle Catholic, um, I mean, it. That's all I've known. I've never known non-Catholicism. Like I've, I've mm-hmm. never been nothing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like for me, the older I got and like to your question, I mean like think about the uncontacted tribes in the Amazon. 
That doesn't make sense. Like how yep. the, how the yeah. hell? Yeah. So, so you can't apply, you cannot apply that kind of logic terminology to everything. You just can't do it. There's no way. There's absolutely no way to do it. So for me, as I got older, the way that I, I don't want to say stomached it, but like the way that I interpreted it for myself and I wasn't, I didn't have a streak like you did. I mean, I would go <laughs> more often than the normal Catholic. Most and Catholics obviously, go to church. I feel like it's- obviously we would hit the big <laughs> holidays and stuff. And even now, like, I think, I think there's been some stuff with the church where I think my mom doesn't really go. My dad is still a Methodist. He did not, um, I think he, he was initially interested in becoming Catholic, but he was kind of like, meh, whatever. Like, I don't really, I, I'm just me. Like, I just do my thing. And I think I follow, I am my father. So for me, the way that I deal with it is I have a more internalized personal relationship with like what I'll call like my own, uh, relationship with Jesus Christ. So like for me is, you know, I would, I, now I view like Sunday mass whenever Alex and I go, it's more of like a meditation for me. Like I go and I go through the right, like, again, being raised in it. I know all the prayers. I still sometimes have a misslip and I say the old prayers cause they changed that stuff. And that's mentioned in the, in the show. Like they yeah. literally changed the terminology of the prayers in English because they have better translations of the Latin from, you know, what all the prayers came more from. They're accurate. They're just, they, they're like, no, they are. They, they said, this is, this is accurate. Th- yes. They said the, the, the translations of the, Latin text were not as accurate in the word that we could have specified in the current English version. So they went back and redacted some stuff. And I remember like for like three, two, two to three years, we had these cards in the, uh, the back of the pews mm-hmm. and it highlighted, it had all the prayers that were said during the service. And then it highlighted exactly what part changed. And I, st- I still like mess up sometimes. I still totally, I still totally yeah. mess up. Uh, Pet peeve of mine. What? It's a mess. And si- and similarly, what service? I say service. Yeah, and when whatever. Pe- when people, when non-Catholics <laughs> call their church a mass, I'm like, that's true. That's okay. Yeah, that makes me. It's mad. not a mess. No, but so yeah, during so mass, wait, what like def- what defines a mass? It is. It's, it's a li- right. It's, it's literally an an ancient yeah right. It's like a thousands that is of years old to Roman Catholicism, and and you know potentially. Um, I, I don't know anything about Eastern Orthodox Catholicism and, and, and like Coptic Christians and stuff like that. But basically Protestants have services or um, whatever yeah. you want. That's that, usually the main thing. That's but perfect. Like, okay. Yeah. I, my my you poor use of word. terminology. Like, oh, you, you, you don't yeah. know that <laughs> hell it is to be Catholic. Yeah. You don't get the word mass. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to use that. Yeah. So, so anytime uh, during mass, like I can remember, like I was born in – God, it makes me feel old, but like I can remember. And like, there are certain things that people do. Like there are certain prayers, like during the prayer, like some people will like hold like over their heart heart, in a certain thing, in my heart, through my heart, through my most sacred, whatever the, wow, you're terrible. I can't do it when I'm not chanting with the congregation. I'm not, I'm not listening to a word you guys say anymore. (laughs) So terrible Catholics. Yeah. So I, I have gone through like the whole, like I've got all of this internalized. Like I go, I go to Sunday mass with Alex and I'm now on this kick of going to the super early one. Cause I don't play all the, the frou-frou songs. It's, and my, that, it's a speed. Mass. Oh my God. It's, it's a speed mess. Cause 
all like the songs minutes. when you sing them adds like 15 minutes to the mass and it's like holy shit just let me go home please oh my god like i'm here it's so early so we come we we do the whole thing and like i know the whole song and dance like i know all of the prayers internalized in my head like i know when to stand when to kneel when to sit like when to do all of that um but usually like whenever they talk about the homily i mean like i can remember going to masses and priests like that's what they do. It's literally like going to a counselor and this, this, this guy is up there and he's just talking and he's just on his little podium. He's on the podium. He's on his diatribe talking about whatever he wants to talk about. And they think they try to relate it to mass. And like, I always hate the season where they get to mass and they're like, they're usually the, the year follows like a calendar cycle with the Bible and they get to a part at some time of the year. I think it's in the fall. When they start asking for money, <laughs> and I'm just oh, yeah, like, I just get deal. so oh, disinterested. And like, so for me, oh. that's where I'm like, okay, the Catholic Church. If you if you really go and like do like a third person perspective of the world and all the issues going on, the Catholic Church, home base, Vatican City, huge opulence. If you ever go inside of a Catholic cathedral, you can see how much money is just in that church alone, and there are thousands, thousands across the world. If you can't give a poor rural town money from the Catholic like home base and like you're you're like beating on the poor residents and like that's another thing that resonated with me this island in the show beaten down downtrodden they they can't go and fish because like they've been given these sanctions sank fish sanctions basically where they're not yeah. allowed to fish certain amounts so it's like and you're still begging for money from these people and they're beat to shit too. It's like, okay, yeah. maybe you open the coffers in the Vatican city and like allow these small towns to have a little taste of that. So like, that's where I, no, Ry- Riley mentions that in the show. He yeah. Says, you know, there you go into these, all these rundown, horrible, depressed towns and you see these yep. beautiful shining churches. Like, how is that right? Yeah. Well, in like my hometown, like I can remember being in, th- is specifically third grade because I think that's where I a lot I have a lot of formative memories. I went to Catholic school. It was right across the street from the Catholic Church. So every Wednesday we would go to the daily mass at like noon or one o'clock or whatever. And I can remember that they would say like, "Oh, you guys got to pay attention," and they're like, "We don't want to catch you looking at like the paint chips on the ceiling and like the the shit that's like falling apart or whatever." Don't worry, because like little kids, like like think that. about it. You're you're an, seven, eight-year-old child, you're being forced to sit through, like, a 45-minute mass in the middle of the week, and, like, it's not really engaging. You're, like, an an eight-year-old kid. You don't know a lot of what they're talking about. There are a lot of adult themes, which it's, I think there are good things to learn from the Bible and, like, good, you know, tales and stuff. I don't think adults are capable of understanding this Exactly. And, like, and that Let alone an eight-year-old child. Yeah. Yaley, when I watched the show... I remember thinking, like, wow, I can remember getting yelled at and getting, I I got, like, a, a naughty, naughty sticker, a naughty card or something, a, like a yellow card. Yeah, a demerit, <laughs> basically, because I was looking at the paint, like, a giant paint chunk missing off the ceiling of our cathedral. So our cathedral, and like, in my hometown, is, is pretty decrepit, and, like, it's still there. The ceiling is still shit, and, like, I see it every time I go to Mass, and I'm like, Wait, there's that chunk that's missing. Wait, you can still see the hole? It's not a hole in the ceiling, but it's like the whole ceiling of that cathedral I grew up in is painted like a baby sky blue. And there's a piece of it or pieces that have fallen. You can see the white plaster underneath. Like you can literally see the church falling apart. So 
like that resonated with me, like being from like a small town area and like not having a ton of money. And then like even going farther into it and like looking at like the effect of like everybody. And then it's kind of like as an adult now I'm like, this is all meditation. Like I need to take good positive messaging from this. And as soon as I saw Bev in the show, I saw Bev and I lost my shit because oh, I'm just like everybody hates a Bev. I'm the biggest Bev is proponent. Oh, yeah. problem with the, with with religion. Yes, that's exactly yeah, it. Is. Because I think there are a the ton of good people who are staying in their lanes. Sanctimonious. Yeah, there's people that have cruise control on. They're like, this is where I'm going. Whatever. I got a good playlist on. I'm being a courteous driver. And then you got Bev who's brake checking people and like being absolutely batshit insane. And it's like. That's the person, like like a hundred million people could have perfect lives, and you got a thousand people that are acting like that, and it's like that's the image that the, our our denomination has, and it's like that makes me so mad sometimes, and it's the, just like the bev of the show to me is the antithesis of Christianity. So you have to yeah. ask yourself, uh, whoever came up with the phrase and bracelets w, WWJD is. I, I think it's brilliant. I think it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's genius. Because more, I, I will say more Christians need to ask themselves that question more often because the one the one very serious problem that I have with my, my religion, Christianity as a whole, not just Catholics, is I feel like there are more lukewarm Christians than like any other denomination. Like I, I just, I, I see so many devout and pious Jews and Muslims and, and everything else. And I know so many people who say they're Christian or they're Catholic or they're whatever, but I don't see it in their deeds and the way that they behave and, and whatever. And, um, that's, that's exactly like where I came from, like along where you're talking about, like I was raised that way. You know, I was technically a born again Christian at six years old. And I, you know, as I got older, I thought of, (laughs) so like, I'm sitting here thinking about this as I'm getting older and I'm just like, I, I can't respect myself going forward in my life as an adult sitting here telling someone that I'm a Christian because I'm, I certainly moved away from that. And, you know, I, I don't even like saying this, but like, I, I essentially denounced it. Yeah. And I, like if somebody asked me like, oh, what religion are you? I'd be like, I'm agnostic. I was raised Christian and I got so many good things. And th- you can say that about almost any religion. They're very similar in many ways. Oh, yeah. Um, and then vastly different in others. But I think most of them, you know, have I hate using that like, oh, just, you know, be nice to everybody and love everyone. And you'll be fine. Like, yeah, that's very, very true. And those are good things to live by. Like if you treat everyone the way you want to be treated, you're probably going to do okay. And I think most religions teach that. I don't know for certain, but I'm pretty sure that's in most major religions. Yep. Here's, here's um, my, my main message about um, Christianity and, and Jesus Christ. So my goal as a Christian, th- this is, you know, if somebody says, Alex, why are you a Christian? I would tell them to try, and I fail every day, to be more Christ-like. And what that means is I acknowledge the fact, as a Christian, 
that it is a matter of faith and I have no proof of anything, same way that atheists have no proof of anything. Nobody can ever prove, it, it is fundamentally unprovable. And all I'm, and, and I acknowledge the fact that um, Jesus Christ might not have been the son of God. I don't believe that, but yeah. I totally acknowledge that that's not, that that's possible. I say, and this is my common ground that I'm trying to, to get more people on board with is, uh, as, as Jack Nicholson says in, in the departed, Oh boy. what's, what's the difference? And what I mean by that is Jesus Christ is by, by all, by any standard of morals in, in moral compasses you were talking about earlier and, and values and everything else. He is a symbol of what's good. So whether yeah, or not yeah. Jesus Christ was the son of God, whether or not he changed water into wine and walked on water and did all, all kinds of really crazy cool shit and brought people back to life, whether or not all that happened to me is immaterial in terms of being a good person. He's literally a role model, even for a non-Christian. It's like this, he, he, he loved everybody. He forgave everybody. He, he hung out with the most hated people in the world, like tax collectors. I can attest to that. <laughs> like, so it's, it's just like, no matter what I am following, whether it's uh, an atheist would say it's like some big fantasy, make-believe delusion, or a devout Christian would say, you know, a, the son of God, I'm following the idea of something that I believe to be good and right and true. And yeah. I see nothing wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with any religion as long as it either has a neutral or positive effect on the world. The problem is lots of organized religion, including Christianity, have caused incredible pain and suffering in the world. Yep. And the people things in the world and the history of the world have been done in the name of Exactly. Religion. And it, it's since antiquity. And, and, and people who would uh, take you know, religion and use it as a weapon. It's actually a good analogy, in my opinion, is I think it's silly to hate guns. It's, you should hate people who use them. Guns don't do anything. A gun doesn't fire itself and kill people. The same way that religion does not practice itself and kill people. People are the problem. People always have been the problem and they always will be the problem. Yeah. And that goes back to that zealotry. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that all men, all of man, men and women, are naturally sinful. I just believe that that is the way that we are, and naturally that is the way we are. I think it's that I believe in a moral compass. Like every, I think everybody has some semblance of morality, and I think I don't believe that. This is why I'm not an atheist. Like, where the hell did that come from? Where does your, why do you feel guilty after doing something bad? Like, that's true. Why, you know, and it's not just uh, stigma or product of environment or like you, as you grow up, like a lot of that has to do with like your, your upbringing and everything to certain, to varying degrees, but you are given some sense of reality, uh, sorry, morality at, especially as you get older. And I don't think that that just happens by chance. I think that's given to us by something. And I, I, I don't, I think it's indefinable, at least for me it is. I don't, I don't have a problem with anybody who is 
practicing any religion, again, like you said, if you're neutral or doing good in the world or for yourself, then great. But if you're, you know, you know, spreading negativity in various ways, then I have a problem. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to think about, but, and, and we could go on for so long about this. I wish I was drinking with you because we would be up all night. <laughs> no, you're well, probably, you're probably keeping us grounded. The one thing I will yeah. say, like to your point too, even it, it kind of goes into like parental as well. It's like you're a little kid and you're taught to share. Don't be, don't steal, like tell the truth. It, very simple moral things. And it's like, you know, if you, I, I would, I would tell anybody to like, well, I would say this, fix your morality, but like if someone's very immoral, they're not going to know or care. So like, that's a totally different issue. Um, but it's usually care. Yeah. Everybody knows if they're doing things that are bad or wrong. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're, unless you're truly a sociopath or a psychopath. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the majority of any religion I've ever, you know, done any kind of brief research on, um, there are overarching themes of, in general, I'm going to say, just be a decent person. But it literally helps other people. You feel good about yourself. That person doesn't, like, you know, feel trauma from from whatever your interaction with them is. Like, just be a nice person. And, like, for me, I look at people that are supposed to be, quote, on my side in part of, you know, Christendom. And I look at like how, what they say, the words they say, I look at their actions and I look at like, you know, their general, just, you know, personality vibe, things like things like that. And I just, I I can't wrap my head around it because as a Christian, again, Christ is like the overarching theme. And it's like, you're, you're berating and beating on a homeless man. It's like, like, okay, maybe, maybe have a little bit of, you know, a safety minded approach. You be, be safe, keep yourself safe, but also like, why would you be, you know, outright hostile and like attack somebody or anything like that? Like anytime I read about really messed up things that people say, yeah, and you spend too much time on the internet, I, I do. And I have to like pull myself away. You have to pull yourself away from the news and stuff because it will completely destroy your happiness every single day. Um, I don't, but, I don't consume any news. Yeah. yeah. I don't either. So like, if you look at like horrible things happen constantly to people and people in my own denomination are perpetrators of this. And I just look at that and I'm just like, you're missing the point. Like your point, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus beat a homeless man? No, he would not. Did you he read would... a story about a homeless man being beaten recently? Is that why that's uh, yes. top of mind? For yes, you? That, I read that today. So that's why I pulled great, it out. Great, that happened somewhere in the world today. But, Actually, it probably happened a hundred places. Just AKA yeah. the funky so chicken. Yes. <laughs> and so, we like, went there two for, weeks ago. Like, yeah, and like for oh me, God. like, uh, oh, that was a, that's a whole different story you guys got to have offline. Um, yeah, we'll but, talk about that later. <laughs> Like, you know, back to like my whole little meditation thing. Like when I go to mass and like I, I sit there, I listen to the homily. It depends on the priest because I've I've heard some priests that I'm just kind of like, wow, you, you got a lot of anger in your body. Oh, yeah. And you're and you're yelling at the congregation some and you're stuff. making us mad. 
uh, uh, like your the energy that he was giving off. Like I be- I believe in like energy. So the energy he was giving off was very very violent, and I was <laughs> like, this isn't this doesn't feel good. But there are a lot of priests that I have heard speak, and I've I very much enjoy what they have to say. And again, like talking about the giving money to the church, whatever. Like during during homilies like that. I just kind of zone out and I think like, how shitty of a person was I this week? I'm like, oh, I probably should have been nicer. Like, probably should have had nicer thoughts about other people, even if that's in my own little head. Like, God, I, you know, I believe in God. Like, he knows. God knows what I think. So like, he heard all that horrible shit that I said in my mm. head. Like, that's not good. Maybe I should reevaluate my thoughts and like have like a nice moment of like, deep breathing before, you know, I yell at the person who's cutting me off in traffic or something like that. So it's just, it's just things like that. Like that. I, I don't know. You know, I do. I, I really, do think it's like a blend ahead. of spirituality. Yeah, I really like your approach to, uh, you know, it, it seems like it's a personalized version of, of your religion. And I, I would really like to do something like that. Like I said, I believe in like a higher power. I don't think it's definable, but that reflection time, like you said, it's a meditation for you. I, I would love to like do something like that where you just focus on that for a while. Cause that's something that I don't really ever do. Like every once in a while, I'll think about those things. Like obviously the show makes you think a lot, but like actively going out and um, just just trying to like get in touch with something like that. I, I like that approach of like you view it as a meditation, and you know maybe um, a priest is you know a good energy for you, and and you'll want to listen. But if it's a negative thing, you can maybe you know just focus on yourself on that and your own personal relationship, like your your own spirituality. And I think that's really really cool like that's why i don't have problems with anybody who's religiously affiliated with anything you know as long as you're not harming anyone like or do forcing your is... shit on anybody else that's a huge uh, component that's that's it. an obviously that's oh, yeah. obviously a big one that's for the me. beverly keen Absolutely issue not. yeah and and you know my dad uh, you know my dad's a good guy he, he's a he's a really good guy but he's very very pushy with that stuff it's very difficult to you know go an hour without him bringing up religion mm-hmm and, and, you know, the way that he views things. So it, it can get frustrating. He means well. And he's not, like, damning where it's like, oh, you need to change the way you are. Or you're, you know, something bad's going to happen to you. It's like it's passive-aggressive, like slightly yeah. subtle. Yeah. And I I like having con- – I've had so many conversations with him about them, just uh, about religion in general. Because obviously he was the one that introduced me to all this stuff. And he's still a quote-unquote – you know, heavily practicing Christian. Um, but there's so many debates that I like to have with him and just asking questions and, and they're, they're friendly debates. They're not, you know, arguments That's or anything good. like that. Yeah. Like I, like I said, I don't harbor any resentment towards my parents for, you know, I think they wanted to just try and do right by their kids and, you know, church isn't a bad thing. No, you know, it, like you said, it's people that can make it bad. Um, so, you know, I can have a conversation with anybody from any religion and I'm generally intrigued. I want to, you know, that thirst for knowledge that uh, Sheriff Hassan was talking about. Like, I'm never going to tell my son not to seek God. 
And that's kind of where I feel like I am. I don't think I actively do it enough, and maybe I would like to get into it at some point. It's it's difficult to say, but you kind of intrigued me with what you were saying, Tara, about like your meditation time and really just like kind of getting in focus with where you are, with what you believe and where you think you should be. Like I could have a conversation with anybody from any religion just to learn more about their perspective and the way that they learn, they look at things. And you can take some of that. You can leave all of it. It doesn't matter. I still find it interesting. And I'd like to try and apply those things to my life if I deem them you know, important to me. Yeah, exactly. And I will even say like, I've taken it, I've taken a, a introspective approach to, to most of it, especially like usually at the beginning of Catholic mass, if you arrive early, you spend like a minute or two, like kneeling, you do like a little intro prayer kind of thing. But usually mm-hmm. whenever I'm praying in church or you know, any time really. I mean, I even tailored, like I, I've, I've tweaked the way that I even pray or like talk, like mentally have a feed to like, you know, me communicating to God or whatever. And like, you know, some people would be like, you know, why, why wouldn't, you know, God fix this person of, you know, whatever illness or, or put this person in a horrible situation. And so like, you can't think about like that per se, because I just remember being so stressed out. I'm just like, oh my god! Like, why the hell is this happening to this person? This person, sheriff a, talked about this that. person's a literal angel. Yep. Like, oh my gosh! Like, you know, instead of like going into like the freak out mentality of like doomsday scenario, what I've taken the approach of at this point is more of like a serenity of, you know, for some people they'll be like, you know, oh, I, I need this, this, and this, you know, God, and and for me, it's more of like, okay, you know, God, if present me a situation where you know. I need to show my strength and allow me to see that. And then I can act like a strong person. So it's a little bit more like something like that. Or even like if someone is ill, then I'll say something like, you know, in any way that a doctor cannot hurt or help this person, hurt this person. Holy shit. In any way that a doctor cannot help this person, you know, you know, work through your divine workings if it is so, you know, decreed, whatever. And then also, you know, I pray for the whole family. Like any time that this person has left from your countdown, like allow them to recognize how important that is and really take advantage of that. Like mm-hmm. getting past like yeah. the doomsday, like anxiety of a lot of nasty things happening currently in the world. I try to go beyond it and I'm just kind of like, give us some serenity with the situations occurring and allow us to evaluate and work from there. Sometimes I, uh, I pray for tests sometimes because I I don't believe that I can change the entire world, but I know I can make one, one, one person's day better, even if I just pay him a compliment or whatever. Uh, so I pray for tests. Like I, I have actually asked God, like put somebody in my path who needs help because I'll recognize it. And I, I'm basically saying, God, like, try me because I'll make good on this. Like I, if, 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 if I walk, if I'm walking down the street and I see a homeless person today, who's asking for money, I'm going to hook them up. Or, you know, if somebody is on the side of this road and they need a tire change or a battery jump and they have no idea what's going on, like, I'm going to, I know that, that I know that's the test. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that, that's something I pray for often as well, that. because if I can help one person, I've done my part. You know, I, yeah, I, I yeah. acted, I achieved my goal of becoming more Christ-like on that, at least yeah. certainly on that one day. 
I had that in Denver with that one, that yeah, one, that guy. one homeless I, guy. I That's saw right. a homeless guy in a corner, and, and Alex and I were, were down he the wasn't street. Pushy. It was just yeah. So we we were perpendicular. You guys are all like, about the homeless tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that's Tara's fault. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it. I mean, like they they go back eons. I mean, they they've always they've always been a part of our written history. I mean, they they've always existed. It, so I mean, there's there's so there's Street always <laughs> there's always people that really need help. So I we were perpendicular to this man, and he was looking away from us, like whatever direction he was looking, and we were looking directly at him. And I remember I saw him on the corner and a group of people were walking at him and they, they walked right around him like water, like water parting around a rock in a river. And they didn't even give him any kind of a t- uh, acknowledgement that he existed almost like a ghost or something, or like, you know, a statue. And I saw the look on his face as soon as the last person walked past him. And it struck me like a knife in the heart. And it, it really, it really hurt. It really hurt me. And, and I, I think it was because he wasn't being He wasn't. Pushy. He didn't say anything. He just had a sign. He was just standing I there. I will ignore the and really hateful, pushy ones. Yeah. Know? But like this guy yeah. was just like existing. And he it, was existing. He was like a speck of dust to them. And I was like, oh, God. His, and again, like his reaction, like the whole thing really, it just, it, it, it struck me to my core as a human, as a human being looking at another human being. And I like, that's when yeah. I, you know, had the conversation. I was like, Alex, what cash do we have? Cause everything's digital now. So like, that's a Let's whole, keep a little bit. Yeah. That's a whole different thing. But like we took all the, almost all the cash we just, had. I think we gave it to him. Crypto. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bro, what, <laughs> what's your, what's your, flash me your meta mask. I'd be like, what the, f- <laughs> what are you talking about? Hey, yeah. um, we're, we're definitely, we're coming up Over. on, um, on three, two, well, two, two, and two and a half, two and a half. But, um, I will say that I guess my last parting uh, topic was just the, I, I kept saying this religion, spirituality, faith, and everything. And I'll just say that spirituality, I think, is the most important of, I, I need to stop saying all three. I'll say religion versus spirituality. I'm just going to use those two. Spirituality is the important one. That's what defines yeah. what drives you and yeah. what w- literally what you believe in and what you feel, you know, you, whatever your higher power is and, and what that means and how you conduct yourself and everything else. To me, religion is, and some people probably take issue with this. I use the word religion almost interchangeably in certain contexts with tradition. And some people that's- would say that's a very bad thing, but like I, I think it's a, a beautiful, cool thing. Like I, I love the Catholicism the specifically. Yeah, that's very my, ritualistic. That's the tradition that I like, and and in that regard, I view religion as a. Uh, I'll say so. If religion is tradition, uh, denomination underneath religion is a vehicle. It's like the vehicle that I need to get to where I'm going is Catholicism. Not mm-hmm. because I believe it's right and you have to be Catholic to be to go to heaven or to be saved or whatever. It's yeah. because it's it's the best plan for me to follow to be more Christ-like and in my estimation be a good person. And if somebody like else's Yeah, that that's all it is to me. And I just I'm I am totally and true and I, I have not always been this way. I can say this a hundred I really mean that honestly. I am now totally ecumenical 
in the sense that I recognize and and totally accept all religions as long as A, it is not affecting other people negatively, and B, you're not forcing it on me you're and telling me I have yet. to accept it and that I'm wrong. As long as yeah. you, it meets those two criteria, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Ely, no, this yeah. goes into my favorite saying ever, and Alex is going to be like, oh, this is Tara's quote of the, the decade, blah. <laughs> people bothering people who don't want to be bothered. So like for me, I was never in a val- evangelical, which evangelizing, evangelos, evangelizing is telling people and like, you know, spreading the yeah. word of God and like really going out. I don't do that. I'm a bad Catholic in that regard. Nope. I literally don't believe not in at it. all. <laughs> if someone, if someone sees the crucifix on my neck and they're like, Oh, yeah. I'll answer your you're questions. Christian. I'll say, yeah, I'm Catholic. And if they have questions, I'll answer questions. And then if they're interested, I'll be like, okay, like we with, can have a little bit emphasis. of a, yeah, we can have a deeper conversation yeah. about it, but like, that's a whole different thing you need to discover on your own. Cause there's a lot mm-hmm. going on with it. But for me, it's like, extremely like personal. A, yeah, yeah, but like, like Jeho- Jehovah's personal. Witness, like going around, like there, there's a lot of insertion that, and I will even say uh, the zealots. It's like the insertion of like or like throwing and, and vomiting it on other people. People don't want that. It's like no. Everyone's doing yeah. their own journey. Let them do their journey. They don't need your help. It's like an annoying NPC. Just slash them. <laughs> get them out of your life. Get out of here, NPC. It's done. But that's how it feels to me. Like when I see certain situations like that or hear of conversations like that, it's just like, oh my God, and this man. carries like, over what? into politics and government and everything else. Exactly. That's why you exactly. and I have such a problem with the entire and world. That's a, we just want to be left alone. That's like another four podcasts worth yeah. of information. <laughs> But you slip it down the crack of my ass. Jesus, that's, that's the best way to finish this podcast. Um, no, I really, any, uh, I really like both of your uh, your ideologies on it, and it's it's very similar to me. Like I'm not practicing any specific religion, but that's what I take out of it for the spirituality side of things. Like I was raised in a certain religion, and like Tara said with the meditation, I I, I might try and make a more concerted effort to try and start doing that, where just I guess I would chalk it up as just like getting in touch with yourself and your own beliefs and trying to get closer to what God is for you. Yep. So I'll definitely, pro- I'm going to try to make a more concerted effort for that. But, um, and I'd love to, t- we can talk more offline about that. Yeah. Anytime we're going to have to talk more offline. I'm, I am sorry that this rambled on so long and I'm sorry for my rambled notes, but no, dude, I, I really rambled. enjoyed having this conversation with both of you. Well, and I was even going to say, Yaley, to your point too, like the introspection thing, like for me, that's what worked. And that's just who I am. Like I'm an ambivert. Typically I lean introvert. And so like I spend a lot of time in my head as it is. But I mean, you talk about zealot type people and their behavior. And if you look at their behavior, it almost looks like automated. If that makes sense. It almost looks like they're, they're behaving in a way that someone else is making the decision for them. It's not like it's a, an organic thought, if that makes sense. And it's kind of like, it's like if you send those people to like a, a meditation boot camp, it's like, go, go think for yourself, develop your own personality, like really think about things instead of just 
sounding off talking points from a politician you like, or like your, your nasty priest who's just mean and crotchety or something and like talks about going to hell. Cause you're not at weekly. Yeah. Mass. Like, come on, dude, you're, we're already yeah. struggling. Like you don't, exactly. you're going to, you're not going to get any new members. With yeah. That. And that, and that, that's like, that's the whole thing that I kind of landed on. I was like, as long as I'm a, attempting and actually giving a good effort at being a decent person, and like I'm, I'm trying to be a better mentally and like you know, take it all in. I, yeah, I, that's better than being mean, I guess. Fun fact about know. our uh, our Skyrim uh, quote to close, Yaley. I don't do charity. Uh, I most certainly don't do charity when it comes to the Catholic Church because this will disgust you and and any reasonable thinker here listening. Um, oh boy! Whenever we got Tara and I got married in October 2020. The church that we knew that we were going to get married in, like very, very early on in our relationship, we were like, "This is the place." And uh, that's the first time I went there. You yeah, took me. It, you it, took me there, and I was like, "We got to get married here." Yeah, we did, we both knew for various signs and things that we saw and experienced, but um, it was it was at least two grand, right? Oh yeah, it was probably closer to three. When, when Just you... to have our marriage in yeah. that church. So and and I. And I was like, all right, if it's, we're hell bent on this church, funny enough, we'll pay the money, but you'll never see another penny out of me again. And by the way, I gave religiously, pun intended, every single week to the church prior to that. Guess how many, guess how much I've given to the Catholic church since that wedding? I hope zero. None. Zero. So I was like, I'll you. pay your bills. Just, I'm, I'm done after this, just so you know. Yeah. Just to have that time yeah, slot oh. on that date was $2,000, and then we had to pay the priest off, which was several hundred no, dollars. That, that's, we had to pay the organist, which was which was that. more. We had to pay the altar people. We had yeah, so All of that stuff all the costs. is different. I'm okay with it, literally reserving the venue. He's talking about giving venue. money like, just oh, the for reserving. the church. Oh, literally yeah. using the venue. A, a church, which to me should be free, was, was yeah. two grand? Yeah. I was like, again, uh, you can have your money. You will never see another penny out of me. Yeah. I'll give my money to to charities and help out people in need, but you're not getting any more of my money. Yeah. We, the, t- um, the church it, doesn't give money. It takes it. Yeah. And then you go to heaven. <laughs> Yaley, this is going back to my point about how, like I, as soon as you ended it talking about the episodes and I was like, the Catholic church has shitloads of money. This ties into it because, Oh yeah. We will never probably give officially to the church ever again, but it's like, yeah. we want to help people. So it's like, we're trying, we find people directly and it's like, here you go. Here's an injection like of, of, of cash or whatever help you need or, or whatever charity. You guys want to help me? <laughs> I'll help you. I'll, you, get, you, I, guys can, I, you guys are my friends. You can help me. I, I, can, go with, I can go with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've, we've officially right, quoted Resident it. Evil yeah. 2 Apocalypse. It's time to end this. Yeah. So. For sure. Everybody who um, somehow hung with us this whole time, amazing. God bless you. Thank yeah. you for joining. Sorry, guys. But again, <laughs> I'll, I'll have some notes in the in the episode description about um, you know what parts are which, uh, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it because um, we definitely got uh, as deep as I wanted to get on the topics of of religion and spirituality. I think I think they're I just think they're a joy to talk about with the right people. Whenever you get in a, in the room with a Beverly Keen, I'm 
I let them just exhaust themselves and I'm like, Hey, whatever you say, whatever helps you sleep at night. Like I, I literally know that you're wrong because you're being unreasonable and irrational and maybe unchristlike, but you know, whatever. I will say on the topic of Bev making you feel those just non-Christian like thoughts, like Oh my God, I wanted her to get shot in the head like 15 times, a whole show. Like, I wanted yeah. her violently ripped apart. And that's not Christ like. Jesus wouldn't want that. So, I will say kudos to the actress because oh, yeah. any, any actor or actress that can make you feel that level of hatred towards that character yep, is, is very talented. Very talented. Because, so we watched that show and then we watched Hush. And I saw her in Hush and I was like, I got a little like, feisty i was like okay i was like what's going on here like what are you doing here like oh my god so yeah and there's a book in hush yaley that says mid the the book that the the deaf and mute woman the the main character yeah Yeah, it's called it's called midnight mass yeah the woman that plays it's, Aaron wow. it's, wrote it's the book because in that movie. Mike Flanagan had like he had this vision for this show for or, or story or whatever it was that he wanted to tell for years and years and years, and he kept it alive by incorporating little things into his other works, including uh, Haunting on what is it Haunting of Hill House Haunting of Hill House. There's apparently some stuff in there like little Easter eggs and cameos, and it oh, culminated. I'm rewatch him. it and then yeah, there you go. I would say rewatch yeah. Hush because. Uh, it's cool. They I haven't talk seen about, that movie in a long they, time. Well, and they reference yeah. the character, like so. Riley, it'll be on the next movie rundown. They mention the the name Riley in the in the main oh, character. A bunch of the names the are the movie. same. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of the names are all the same. So there's a lot of same actors. Yeah, again, right. you see you see the the actor that plays the mayor. They he, talk about Father Pruitt. They talk about Father Pruitt. Yes, yeah, so no shit. It's very yeah. referenced. Yeah, so we watched the oh show, and then I watched Hush for the first time after the show, and I was like. Oh my god! Yeah, this is fun. so amazing. I it blew my so, mind completely. He's the he's the Quentin Tarantino for miniseries. Yeah, he is. I'm I'm a very big it. fan, and it's crazy yeah. that you um earlier I heard you doing a hateful eight quote, and uh, oh, yeah. that's ridiculous because I was I literally had to stop myself from interrupting you earlier because I was going to do a hateful eight quote. You said something about X Men, and I was going to say forty seven men. Burnt to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, you we need to had watch the, that again. the strength yes. to 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 hold yourself back. I don't yes, have indeed. any self control. Thank you for dedicating so much time uh, on a late Thursday night. And by the way, the reason uh, Yaley wasn't uh, drinking it's 11:34 p.m. or uh, 24. I can't no, see a, that. 24 on March yeah. 31st. He's concluding a dry month, which I totally commend and applaud i uh the listeners know i did one uh tara and i did one in january but was yours strictly dry did you have a drop of alcohol not not any alcohol that that's since, Fe- since february 20 better than what we did that's absolutely yeah. incredible man good for you Thank and you. and let me guess you probably feel great right i, I people keep saying that I, I feel better but i don't feel like a massive difference I do feel better. became a full alcoholic then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely I definitely feel better, but like it's not like, oh my god, it's so much better not drinking, you know. Yeah. It was definitely good and it was more of like a willpower like mind over matter type of thing. I think that's what I'm talking about with the good part is like, wow, I, yeah. I can do this. I 
it turns out oh, I'm not, like I'm mentally not actually addicted. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 No, it always feels good. Like if I set out to do something like that was the catalyst for me, not for me doing this is like, I just found myself like getting into a routine of drinking that wasn't like I'm drinking all the time. It's just like, okay, it's Friday. Let's start drinking and we'll drink a Friday and a Saturday and maybe a little bit Sunday and then I'll stop and I'll go to work. And I just didn't like that constant routine that I found myself getting into. So I was like, I'm going to get into this other routine of not drinking that I want to get into. Yeah. And just being able to prove that to myself. Made Sometimes me you're just so. like, why am I doing this? It's yeah. like I didn't even control. There's a there's a beer in my hand, and it's not like I'm an actual alcoholic. It's just a routine. Beer That's just tastes. Yeah. So well, good. I have I have 34 minutes, and then I'm gonna pound a fifth of vodka. <laughs> oh God. Oh, dude, and then I'm anything but vodka. <laughs> then I'm then I'm going to work tomorrow at five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be going to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I won't be drinking until tomorrow after work. Lo- so. Love it. Well, listeners, love you, thank you so much for having yep. me. You guys, thank you so much. I'm sorry it's so long. I hope you. I hope somebody likes it. If so. hey, we liked it, uh, so that matters. Kind of uh, that, to the theme of the whole episode. Uh, if if even one person likes it and has a positive impact on it, then it was a. I will call it a success. Perfect. We'll chalk right. it up to that. All right, we'll see you next time. Thanks, Haley. See ya.